Um, but yeah, I mean, for context, folks, um, streetwalkers in Singapore are technically illegal. Um, not technically, yeah, they're literally they're illegal. Literally Ill- um, illegal, yes. Uh, what what is uh, allowed is uh, houses. Yes, yes. So you have the 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 lorongs, which have the brothels, which are called fish tanks. Fish tanks. Yeah, because they have uh, glass panes. So <laughs> better not be the smell. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> smells fishy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Sorry. <laughs> Hello, Internet, and welcome to Living It Up in Lion City, a podcast about life in Singapore, where friends and I talk about what goes on in this little red dot we call home. My name is Rindo, and this episode, we're going to talk about living it up in the famous neighborhood of Geylang, or infamous neighborhood, depending who you talk to. It has gained quite the reputation for being the red light district of Singapore, and not exactly aligned with the general perception of orderliness that Singapore is known for. But is that all there is to it? This episode, I chat with my friends and fellow residents of Geylang, Jasmine from episode 15 of this podcast, Shankar from episode 17, and Fifi, who is Singaporean and keen, as are we all, to share what it's really like to live in Geylang. Enjoy the episode, folks. How long have you guys been living here in Geelong? Um, for me, it's been, I think, about two years now that I've been living in Geelong. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was, um, I think, it's three years and a half. And I'm still counting. Probably my entire life, um, over 20 years. So um, I've only been here for about six months now. But, you know, I have been in and out of Geelong multiple times. And, you know, let's let's get to it. Now, um, so I have here a presentation about the history of okay. Geelong. Appreciate you preparing. <laughs> There's a lot of effort. <laughs> what you're seeing here is actually what Geelong used to look like in the 1840s. Because that's when Geelong was founded, so to speak. So it's what, it was very, very close to the sea. Yes, yes, uh, yes all the rest is. Um, so this was before the reclamation, reclamation and all that. Land, yeah, right. yeah. So the story goes that you know um, the original settlers of Geelong were the the Malay and the Orang Laut folk, mm-hmm. and they were actually chilling out by the Singapore River, which is now like Boat Key and all that, right? And then the British came along, and they were like, "Yo, we need to build our colonial bullshit. You know, get the fuck out. Either help us or get the fuck out, right?" And then the, the, the Malay and the Orang Laut guys were like, yeah, okay, all right, you know, we'll, we don't want to work for you, so we're going to get the fuck out. Just don't call us lazy 200 years later and all that shit. <laughs> and they moved east to Kalang River, which is where the stadium is right now. And they used to have houses like these, which are like houses built on stilts, which is right next to, you know, the river and stuff. And uh, that's how Geelang came to be. So they called it Geelang Klapa. And it was named after a particular plant called Gelang. And that's how. Oh, really? The, yeah. It's a plant name? It's a plant name. Yeah. That is wow. so quite no idea. <laughs> yeah. So as it turns out, a lot of places in Singapore are actually named after the, the plants and the vegetation that grows uh, in the region. Wow. So it was mostly like, you know, residential areas, agriculture, farming, you know, lots of green. It, it was very, very cool and all. It was only towards the 1900s that it started, um, you know, urbanizing because, you know, the population of Singapore was... Uh, increasing like tenfold and so what happened was that since the British came along they wanted to build lots of stuff so they brought in like tons of people to work and build roads and buildings and all that stuff right so this included people from China from other parts of the region from India and the thing was so a lot of people just eventually ended up in Geelong so this was like the OG multicultural neighborhood and uh, the Geelong road that you're seeing right now was one of the first roads built in Singapore from the 1840s. And at the time, like around the 1870s or something, there was a tram line that used to go from the city a all tram. the way to the east. A tram. Yeah, there was a tram. Oh, I didn't know that there was tram in Singapore. Yeah. So then like, so the tram started and then like 
you know, radiating from the tram, different streets started emerging, and that's what mm-hmm. eventually we call the Lorongs. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. What so, means Lorong actually? Lorong means street. Oh, right? yeah. It's just yep. path. So, you know, after the 1900s, you know, urbanization was going on at a rapid pace. And especially after World War II, um, it just exploded. People were coming in from all over the place. They were overwhelmingly men because they were working in construction and all those, you know, nation building activities. And uh, around this time, Geelong also became an entertainment center, you know, like uh, gambling and sports and all sorts of stuff. One of the highlights of Geelong during that time was a place called the Gay World Entertainment Park. Yeah. Which was like the ultimate entertainment hub. Like sports, karaoke, mm. ballroom dancing. All is that, that the stuff. one still near Kalang? There is one there. Yeah, yeah. something still, still called, called Geelong. Gay uh, sorry, there's Gay something World, still called yeah. Gay World. Yeah. But I'm not sure it's related to that because they said that Gay World kind of shut down in the 1960s. But I'm guessing that place is kind of like a throwback. I think that right now it's yeah, uh, some like, kind of yeah. a hostel. Yeah, so it's something like, yeah, it's something to see, right? It's a oh. Gable Hotel, I think, right? Yeah. Gable Hotel. Yeah. Um, so that is pretty much the story of Geelang. Now, there is something even more interesting about Geelang in terms of history. The race riots started here in Geelang, mm. in Lorong in 14, actually. Is that the first race riot we had? Yeah, the one in 21st July, 1964. So um, for context, um, Singapore became part of Malaysia in 1963, and it was very contentious from the get-go because um, Malaysia had a different style of governance that Singapore wasn't cool with. Uh, Malaysia was all about ruling along, you know, communal and religious lines, mm-hmm. whereas Singapore was all about, you know, all races, all religions, equality, and all that stuff. Right. So there was like a lot of tensions, and tensions were growing very high in that period of time. So there was uh, a Muslim festival that was happening in the Padang, and there's a procession from the Padang uh, along Victoria Road and you know, coming towards Geelang. Mm-hmm. And in Lorong 14, there was a scuffle that broke out between uh, you know, some Malay folk and some Chinese folk. And shit went down. You know, like this just, you know, a riot broke out, the likes of which like Singapore had never seen before. Like four people died, 178 people were injured. Close to 20 houses were burned to the ground. And um, the police had to step in. The military had to step in. Uh, you know, they imposed curfew. They arrested like a ton of people. And this went on for two fucking weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, only after two weeks, there's a subside. And everybody was like, okay, cool. This happened. You know, let's, let's move on. Things are okay now. It's fine. Until two months later, in, on 2nd September, when there was a mysterious death of a Malay Trishaw rider. And it was widely attributed to uh, some Chinese people, and that instigated riot again. This time, 13 people died. And the police and military came in once again, and they arrested you know, close to 1,500 people. And then you know, they were like, yep, you know what? Fuck this shit. This is not working out. And then they decided to, and among a lot of other reasons, uh, you know, Singapore and Malaysia decided to split, right? Um, and Singapore was like, yeah, we never want this to happen again. We never want any tension along race or religion. And so um, a lot of the policies that we see here in Singapore right now is actually because of those seminal events. This was actually the cornerstone of, who, of what Singaporean society is now mm-hmm. because they never want to have a repeat of that right now, ever again. Unfortunately, it happened again <clears throat> in 1969. Um, this was because of the 13th, the, the riots that happened in Kuala Lumpur in 13th May, which was their version of the race riots in, in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And that spilled over to Singapore. This time, you know, the Singaporean police were a little more prepared. So they were like, okay, they clamped it down. But then it also kind of showed that all it takes is one match to be lit for shit to go down. So ever since then, Singapore has constantly um, actively enforced a policy of you know, equality across races, across religions, and mm. any anything that would shake that balance will be clamped down on. No questions. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, we're going to shut that shit down. So right. it's because of Gaylon? A lot no, of these as policies. It turns out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fifi, I wanted to ask, like, you know, was this covered in, in your history books? No. We mentioned, like, 
the racial riots, but it wasn't like where it took place, uh, and you know where it spilled over from, like the, the, from where we were with Malaysia and all that. So not a lot was covered. Okay. But it was more of like okay, we had a brief history, and then they talked about um, just briefly why it happened, and then we moved on from there. This is interesting because even for myself, um, I didn't know all this happened in Geylang and like why it stemmed from like all these riots. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, really it's interesting. Like... So even if my entire my entire life I've been living in Geylang, but I didn't know. I guess I'm in the more peaceful part of Geylang, where Geylang Serai is. So like I'm not as familiar as you know like what literally happened like the more red light district area. Okay. So perhaps okay. that yeah. Well, so it's like Geelang, Sarai is also part of Geelang. Like in the 1940s when everybody, you know, like started moving into Geelang, mm-hmm. um, you know, Geelang, Sarai was also part of it. So Geelang, Kalapa included like what we are, where we are right now and Geelang, Sarai, which is like mm-hmm. the Juchat area and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And um, essentially there is the Geelang River that you see down here. Mm-hmm. So that separated the Malay community. So it's like east of the Geelang River is predominantly the Malay community mm-hmm. and uh, west of it was predominantly the Chinese community. It wasn't like a hard boundary. Like people were from all over the place. For example, um, like the the Indian community was like all over the place. And um, Geelong in general came to be known as um, a place of commerce. So I was reading this one research paper that talked of Geelong as the OG Orchard Road, where Mm. people from Thailand and Malaysia and Indonesia uh, would come down to these areas you know, for, for vegetables, for shopping, for all sorts of things. And that was the reason why the tram was installed because they couldn't handle the, the amount traffic. of traffic coming in to do the shopping and stuff like that. Wow. Um, and so it was like a huge center of commerce. So uh, back in the day, the colonial center was, you know, in what we now call downtown, but like the real center of trade was here, here in Geelong, right? Um. I want to talk about the sin of Geelong, right? Now, let's get down to business. There we go. <laughs> so Singapore, since 1819, started off as a colonial port, right? As with all colonial ports, um, prostitution started from day one. We're talking about a trade port with sailors coming in, construction workers coming in from all parts of the region, you know, building stuff and all that. And at the time, of the population of Singapore were men. And so, of course, you know, in order to satisfy their their needs, you know, there are a lot of lonely people. Uh, Boatloads of women were shipped from different places, um, first by choice and then not by choice anymore. There was a lot of trafficking. As it turns out, from the 1840s till the 1890s, um, Japanese women were trafficked to Singapore a lot. They were called Karyuki-san. And uh, it seemed that um, they were like smuggled from Japan to different parts of Asia and Singapore was like one of those uh, ports. And uh, prostitution was actually uh, very common in what is now Chinatown and um, downtown areas all the way to Bugis because that entire stretch was, you know, harbor. So it's not even in Geelang. It, it didn't start there. It wasn't in Geelang. Wow. Right? I think Tanjung Pagar as well. Yeah, Tanjung Pagar, really, really. like all those places, right? So this is like uh, where all the prostitution was going on. And with prostitution, you know, gambling became like a big thing. Uh, there was also uh, the issue with opium, which was which turned mm-hmm. out to be a big social scourge in Singapore in the late 1800s and early 1900s. And um, over time the British colonial government, they tried to clamp down on it. First, they were like, yeah, you know what? It's, it's a colonial port, you know, men need to fuck. And so they just kind of let it go. But then it became a bit of an issue. So they tried to clamp down just parts of it. So in 1917, the British government banned prostitution um, if, it's, if the women are white. So uh, white women... If, if there was any prostitution going on with white women, for example, they were rescued. Um, the others were just kind of like, yeah, they don't care. So, um, and so the, the, it was allowed to continue. There goes my career. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> if you were living in the past. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
that's uh, fucked up. Yeah, like, I mean, that's it, up. It, I mean, it, it was the nature of how things worked at the time. Yeah, you know, this this is kind of spread across any, yeah. you know, um, colonial nation. So, yeah, that used to go on. And so over time, what then happened was that it all came to a peak in the 1940s and 1950s when um, sex was commoditized, you know. Um, like in order to get business, you had to sex it up. And so even something as traditional as getai dances, which is something that we see in the neighborhoods all the time. Um, so getai dances are like, uh, you know, women singing and dancing and there's like people hanging around, uh, you know, eating and drinking and having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, it started getting increasingly more, increasingly more sexualized. And so um, it got to a point where all the getai dancers are like, yeah, you know what, we need to bring the crowds in. So let's, let's strip these. Oh. And so they start like, you know, taking their clothes off and getting all like, you know, very, very risky. And this became, this was cause for a lot of public outcry in the 1950s. And so the Singaporeans were like, well, fuck this, man. Way to corrupt like a traditional thing going on. And um, because of all this public outcry, what was then a very new party called the People's Action Party promised the people that if you elect us over the British, we will clean up the streets. We will um, throw we will remove all the these. House. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so at the time, like, it was still under the British rule, but um, mm-hmm. they were given some level of self-governance. So the PAP was like, "Yo, let's let's remove all these Western corrupt influences. You know, the strip teasing, the gambling, the um, all that. You know, the, the bar dancing. You know, the long hair and all that shit. <laughs> so um, this this culture of debauchery so to speak was called yellow culture uh-huh. so the the party at the time when they won the elections in 1959 they were like yo we're gonna clean up this yellow culture we're gonna remove all traces of it because we want to decolonize ourselves because let's remember singapore in the 1950s fucking hated the british so they were like yo this british influence is just fucking us our society up so let's clean it up let's clean up this yellow culture let's just remove all traces of it and let's bring back our unified malayan culture to the fore so this included cleaning up prostitution this included cleaning up all the gambling dens you know shutting down all the opium uh, shit that was going on and um they started with tanjung pagar and so they cleaned up everything close to the the major ports and all that mm-hmm. and because of that uh prostitution was never going to stop so they moved eastward so they were like then they started going towards you know, um, a bugis, mm. right? And um, the the government and the authorities constantly try to, you know, push them out of the city. And for the longest time, from the 1950s till the 1980s, um, they managed to wipe out all trace of, you know, sin and debauchery in bugis. In the end, most of those folks ended up in Geylang. Okay. And then in the 1980s, the government was like, okay, all right. If we stamp it out completely, it's going to be a problem because it's going to stop popping up in different places. So then they were like, okay, you know what? Let's just contain it. Contain in it. Yeah, there you go. Let's leave it in a gay world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if we continue pushing it to the east, it might go away. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? Nah, they have like a hub where they can leave it, where it's happening, but it's one place and it's not bothering them because it's not downtown. Exactly. Right? Yeah. The, the context around Singaporean society at the time was that they were like rapidly building up as a nation. Mm. Um, they were, you know, allocating all these spaces for residential areas. They were yeah. moving people from the campus. So you can have like the, your polished corner. Yeah. You can represent yourself, but then you have your sin and gay life. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, you know what? Okay, let's just leave this be. You know, people will still need to do what they want to do. Um, but let's just focus on the other stuff first, right? So, and that's that's what that's been ever since. Huh? What people need to do? Can I just say it? It's like you poor man. You got to jerk off all the time. It's tough life. All these, all these needs, right? Tough life. They've got nothing to say. Yeah, yeah there's nothing to say. I mean, it, it was. I mean, it was an interesting time. Like even before Geelong, like while it was being, you know, while it was migrating from downtown towards Geelong, there were like some very, very interesting people who were a big part of the the scene. Apparently, there was this uh, lady from China uh, who since renamed herself as Fanny. 
Um, like she was like smuggled into the country. She was like gang raped. She was thrown out in the street. But then she was taken in by, you know, like a mama son, so to speak. And, um, you know, she then, you know, rose up the ranks, became wow. like a brothel owner herself. And then she did something that nobody else did. She uh, she created a, a floating brothel, essentially a wow. bunch of boats uh, with, with hookers from all over the region. And, uh, Entrepreneurial yeah. shit right there. <laughs> so and Geelong River? <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, along along Singapore River, I think. Wow. And, yeah, and it was very popular, um, you know, among sailors, among people who want to do bachelor parties. Don't need to go to land anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just stuck. So, like, the traditional boat is called a junk, right? So mm-hmm. she had this big junk with all these people, and the boat was. <laughs> li- junk and the junk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was. It was literally called Fanny's junk. <laughs> oh, I love it. Fanny sounds like. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, those are like interesting uh, times going on. There was a point in time in the 1950s, especially after the striptease thing that was going on among getter dancers, that uh, a lot of people criticized uh, Singapore as being um, a giant brothel and nothing more. And that's what kind of triggered like the the government to go, hey, you know what, we gotta clean this. Oh, shit that's up. a slogan. Yeah. What a long way, but great. <laughs> so. Funny thing is, we never learned it in Singapore. Like in in those books, it's not really a history, a part of history that we covered. But so. I mean, Fifi, like, are they really gonna talk about Fanny's no. junk? You know, could <laughs> <laughs> have mentioned it. <laughs> So um, I, I thought all of that was very interesting because just give some context as to what Geelang is about versus uh, what I used to know about when I first moved to Singapore. Uh, for me, Geelang was like, oh, you know, the, the, the den of sin. Yeah, the wild red light district. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I moved here, um, I was in a cab looking to view apartments and the taxi driver, I told him I'm going to Geelang and he turns around, he's like, ma'am, why would you go to Geelong? And I'm like, I'm looking at apartments. Oh my God, you moved there? And I'm like, what? It's fine. You know, they make it sound like you get shot every five minutes or so. And I was like, no, it's fine. And then he told me all this story and and he told me how um, all the sailors were actually start. A lot of the prostitution was very centered around boogies. And um, I was like, oh, okay. Everyone just kind of thinks it's Geelong. So I think it's really important actually to tell people, you know, it was everywhere. It's in the corner. It's it's the big biggest business that, you know, brings all the men together and um well, it brings all the boys to the yard yeah. <laughs> or on the talking. boat um and you know but then it got pushed into that area because i've i've also always just thought of Geelong to be the red light district area and i think it's become so much more it's like the food hub and all that stuff and um again as someone who's an expat in singapore is still for me the safest spot like yeah i could be the drunkest i can possibly be and i still feel super comfortable in the middle yeah. of the night there's a lot of uh, prejudice actually yeah about this yes i think so too like what kind of prejudice um i think a lot of people if uh, you say that you live in Geyland, they think that you are just um hooking up with girls every day I mean, if, Given you're, a, if you're a middle-aged white dude living in Geelong, yeah. Uh, if I'm, of yeah. Do you, know, uh, you were asking for it. And I'm more living in Geelong. Uh, yeah, everyone thinks that's, uh, that's the rule, that I just uh, go there and uh, I don't have to work. I just uh, have fun every day with typical girls from the area. And I think it's uh, pretty nice anyway. Uh, I, li- I live in a very, very, very central part of Geelong, Lorong 18. And I have a balcony that looks out. So um, actually, I think it's a bit unfair because uh, I always said this, um, all the guys that you see approaching the girls uh, usually are uh, Chinese, Singaporean, Indian, Pakistani. Sometimes you see some Angmo, drunk, old one. Sometimes you see, um, the, the Angmo that you see, you see them with a the backpack because they, this is a backpack area. This yeah. is kind of backpack friendly. Um, prices are quite affordable and there is still quite uh, this part of the um, going there for the food. Yeah. So, um, but if you, for example, look there at uh, night, 2 a.m. when you arrive home, have a look outside. Uh, yeah, mostly it's uh, a lot of times it's uh, Chinese, Singaporean, uh, Indian, Pakistani, uh, Malay. Yeah. Malay, not that many, but sometimes, yeah. Well, so as it turns out, um, Geelong is also a center, is also a place where a lot of the uh, construction worker dormitories are. Yes, so yes, So this yes. has been the case since the since 1997, 
um, you know, a lot of construction worker dormitories were built. A lot of people started coming in. And the same thing in the 1800s, you know, where there's like a ton of men. And so, you know, yeah. prostitution follows that. Some taxi drivers, some construction workers, so, um, yeah. people so that works in uh, other food carts. Yeah. So Fifi, as, as, as a Singaporean who's lived in Geelong, <laughs> tell us like what, what your experience is. Well, it's almost the same as Shankar's, um, as in the, the part about the prejudice. She's that... just here to hook up. <laughs> <laughs> no, like my parents, or there are some people who would even warn us about like when you go to Geelang, don't wear so, you know, and just be be aware of what you're wearing. Um, don't go too near to those like the KTVs and the shady areas. So even Singaporeans are prejudiced against mm-hmm. um their own area, this these places. So it's actually quite. Um, it's not surprising why foreigners think that way of Geelang, because even the Singaporeans themselves don't think that Geelang is a clean area. Yeah. So yeah. and when you when you talk uh, when you talk about Geelang, people think about the red light district, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. They don't think about Geelang Sarai. Yeah. So right. like, there's only one um, one identity basically: red light district, and then full stop. Which is, yeah, which is quite sad because Geelang is basically made up two different that, areas, yeah. bigger than that. Yeah. Um, and there are two very different areas. And even in the red light district area, area you have all this food. Um, that, there's amazing places um, to visit in Geelang. Uh, I mean, food places. Yeah, yeah, I, mean. <laughs> yeah. I think so. it's quite a community because we, we all get that shit. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a white man or you're, you're local or, yeah. you know, we all get that type of shit of, oh my God, you live in Geelang or what are you doing there? Are you, yeah, yeah. Of course, are you working there as a white girl? Like that kind of stuff. I think that's why we also... So united. Yeah. Um, I had a grab driver. Yeah, yeah I, I had a grab driver. I, I, I like this neighborhood. I think it's super yeah. nice. Really. Um, and whenever I, this grab driver yesterday is like, oh, I just live up the opposite your house. And, and isn't it a great area? And so we, we're always all proud. Like, oh, yeah, I'm Geelong too, east side. And, and like, I feel like more than I know people from the west or the south, yeah. there's such a unity here. And I mean, mm-hmm. we're sitting this here as a group of friends and we have Carlos friends right around the corner still. But there's this unity where we, I think, appreciate our hood almost more a little, a little bit more than others, maybe because we have to defend it more often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This feels like a neighborhood, like a neighborhood in, uh, I mean, somebody that Absolutely. lives in uh, CBD, they don't feel the neighborhood like a neighborhood. Which right. is why that a lot of conversations about it's the same thing like how chat. Singapore is boring is simply based on opinions from people who live in the CBD. Whereas once you come to Geelong, you'd be like, whoa, there's a little too much soul here. <laughs> Let's move back to the CBD. No, it's okay. <laughs> this, um, neighbors like this happens in um, a lot of uh, other cities, not just in uh, not just in Asia. Mm-hmm. I, I was uh, living in Madrid before and I was living in um, a neighborhood that is, uh, well, people from everywhere just uh, go to this neighborhood. Uh, there's quite a lot of um, like um, music scene as well, and some occupied places. Uh, it's uh, people from everywhere, and just uh, kind of like this type of neighborhood. You seem to and like it. living in this type of area. Um, <laughs> maybe I feel attracted to this. I was uh, originally from Spain, do. from a very small city, so I just want to go in the happening areas. <laughs> I, I, I like when I open the, my window and I see life happening. <laughs> it activates Literally. me. Yes. If I go back to my home in Spain, I open the window game. and you don't see anyone or maybe like this old woman trying to walk on. <laughs> so no, like, I mean, so it's also a great place. Just close my window and go, go back to bed. I mean, it's not, it's not just that there's life here and there's a lot happening. We have the food, but it's a good place. Um, we're not too far from downtown. We're not too far from the airport. It's a good place. It overall. is. It is. Right. It's very central, considering yeah. where we are. True. Yeah. One one street to the center. Yeah. yeah to Kalang to Bugis, it's really near. Yeah. But you know, uh, I I get what you're saying, Fifi, because um, like when we first moved to Geelong, I think I could really sense that uh, my girlfriend's parents were. More than a little concerned about the location. And okay. so, um, you know. Make sure you're not living in the shady, <laughs> shadier part of Geelong. Yeah. But then, of course, they also identified a lot of places where they go to hang out. Like, you know, there's a lot of good places to eat here. Yeah. And um, I remember, like, uh, Selena's uh, dad once commented that, um, oh, this is like what Singapore used to be. And at the end of the day, <laughs> this is essentially what Singapore was since, like, the 1800s. Right. Yeah. So this is like so I think that all this um, politics 
have gone a little bit too far, like politics of uh, cleaning up to just um, that to forgetting what Singapore was before. Well, it depends, right? Like if we were like living people in don't the 1950s, don't remember anymore. Even people that was living at that time, yeah. they think like, wow, how come this is still be here? Well, um, this I, I think Singapore that because, like, in the past. became a heritage district, so they kind of just made sure that you know there's mm-hmm. not going to be any more development uh, like what's happening in, in the CBD or anything, but. To get to your point about you know cleaning up the neighborhoods, it was a product of its time, right? I'm guessing that in the 1950s, like it was so bad that they had to do a cleanup drive. And let's also remember that this is an opportunity for the homegrown political parties to say that hey, we can do things hmm. better than the British. We have a point, mm-hmm. you know. We so, have a political point. Yeah, so they're like. But I think it's all in, in also in this very Singaporean perspective. I remember um, a few months back, I read. I love reading the Geelong news. Sometimes you, ha- you get like these alerts and um, there oh. was a riot and it was basically seven or eight people that were out in the street. And I was like, a riot, guys? A riot? <laughs> like this happening in Frankfurt, no one better than I. Like it's it like, just a bunch of people getting drunk outside. Well, we got other stuff to we, do. We call it um, so I, it's I, like I, playing cards. Exactly. So <laughs> this is another thing. Um, and I love this. I have this really dodgy area down there where every time I'm passing these guys that have their little table out someone is passing someone money or something i love it i'm always like gangsters (laughs) you know but it's still it's all in the perspective of singapore so it's not it's not that bad period it's very controlled it's very okay it's i don't think there's of course there's messed up shit happening everywhere yeah but i think very under under control yes yeah it's very controlled Mm -hmm. i think it's because singapore has such a clean image so when you think about geelang and having all these activities it's like oh no that's bad so that 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 dissonance is like oh yeah that's not like geelang is horrible because of that (laughs) but like you know it's normal it's just it's normal for a country and for us to be able to just contain it in certain areas i guess you would say it's pretty i mean it's it's quite impressive um, but to a lot of Singaporeans, because you want to maintain that clean and we are like a first world country and nothing bad goes on. So like Geelang is the only place that has all these shady activities, hmm. which is not true. It's just that somehow Geelang just gets this rap because now you have Ishun. So I'm we oh, are yo. like, <laughs> now we have Ishun, that's the thing. So it's like the new Geelang, maybe? <laughs> new bad boy in town. The new crazy town, you know? <laughs> Money in Ishun. I mean, sex in the end is nothing but love, right? So this is this is basically Geelang. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, no, then again, what is the crazy stuff that really happens here? I think the... There are, there are fights, there are fights here. But mostly because of the drunk guys. Exactly. Mostly because yeah, of the drunk guys and, uh, yeah, and but, stuff but like Jasmine, yeah. let's face not, it, like you know, you not and that I are crazy. living in a fairly gentrified part of Geelong. Mm. Like Shankar is living in what is essentially the wild, wild west. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> true. I have a question for Shankar. Do you yeah. like get girls approaching you aggressively? Because uh, I've had friends who walk by those lorongs and then they get goals aggressively pushing them to uh, like against not, the walls not and like grabbing them wow okay. uh, not to me not even uh, when i just arrived to to Geylang. they were telling me something sometime but uh, it's kind of like a little bit like broken english so like mm, yeah what <laughs> but nothing extreme um, no nothing extreme nothing extreme i think that uh, they're more used to they were i'm not their uh, type of client so <laughs> I don't find it too aggressive anyway. I'm, I'm not yes. sure. Okay, as a girl, obviously, I have a different um, view on things. But I think the the thing that I thought was most surprising is these table out where they sell all those um, sex drugs. Um, oh yeah. And how uh, they just yeah. And this the- is a legal business, but they just they which is pretty funny. I find I think. But the thing is, people come here to get it. I don't think they. They have to be so aggressive. Yeah, this no, no, they are not. They are not. They are not. Yeah, no, those so one. What they do is, and I've actually seen this happen one time. So we're walking down the street, <laughs> and then this guy, you know, he had this like big table with all sorts of shit. Yeah, Viagra. Know, like, basically, yeah. just tell what is you know, it. All these this is like Viagra and, and everything. Right? Just well, they're like to, shouting like yeah. for sale. <laughs> well, I mean, they're being oh, discreet about actually, it. Actually, these guys can be a little bit aggressive sometimes, and I feel like they're calling me old or what. <laughs> but the thing is that like when you see them leave, they can do it so fucking quick yes oh. so there wasn't any police at the time but for some reason this guy decided to pack up and he was like boop 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 done yeah. walks away yeah. so I'm like damn <laughs> he's oh. got that pad down you know so that happens that happens uh, more often than it looks yeah. so usually there's this uh, street sellers that just sell any anything 
anything. I don't know all the stuff and anything they can anything find. Anything you need to open the asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that's this the is kind what... of shit that they sell it. Huh? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm what not talking about Jess the pills. Know? I'm not talking about the pills now. I'm talking I about. I was like touristy, looking at everything, trying to find out. <laughs> sure, Jasmine. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes there's some police and just uh, takes everything. Okay, goodbye. They close the business they are, at the pond. They're, they're preparing that. I've never seen anyone buy anything. Maybe we should just hang out there a little bit more and judge yeah, yeah, the people yeah. that buy something. Okay. I, yes. I'm sure, dude, like right outside your house, like that's where all the action is happening. Yes, right? exactly. Really, really. They so who are the buyers? Other, hmm? Who are the buyers For of those what? bills? The bills. Uh, I don't know. People that want to last all night, probably. Yeah, I mean, we, we know uh, that, but what kind of people? No, I don't think that it's uh, necessarily old people. I think it's people that just want to last all night. Really. <laughs> I paid for it, you better stay up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> or the, they want to maybe just got drunk and cannot yeah. do anymore. So like, hey, let's try this. Because I've seen like outside your house, um, like two people who are like selling um you know pills yeah i haven't seen cigarettes uh, yes uh, there is some um there is this corner with um with the bank there yes yeah and then Let's i see go. a couple of uh, street walkers in fact one of the street walkers uh right outside the house like she has a chair mm -hmm. you know, she, she does a bit of walk and all that and she puts a chair right on the footpath and she sits down there oh yeah in the, like, you know, in the checking out her yeah. phone and stuff like that in uh, the middle of nowhere <laughs> she needs <laughs> a break sometimes there's a chair but there's a parking it's a, there's a parking lot right in the parking yeah, lot yeah, yes. so, right. parking so she lot, sits yeah. in the parking lot so it's like the parking lot the footpath exactly in the footpath in the footpath in the in the footpath in front and that is not lot. strange. Who that is really not strange. No, no. That, I mean, that's like um, really that, that's that what part, I see either. from my balcony anyway. Yeah. So, so you see, like I don't know, depending on the night, like three, four, mm. and actually, man, they work so many hours. That's impressive. You know, she's dressed up so nice and all that, and then she decides to take out this nice red plastic chair and sits down. I'm like, yeah, man, she's come prepared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Studying the business for the night. Yeah, yeah. No, the chairs. I mean. They don't bring the chair. There's like some tree there, and they put it on beside the oh, tree. Oh, right. Okay. They cover okay. it with some plants. Nobody goes there anyway because of okay, whatever. One chair. <laughs> like poop, magic chair. Yes. Then, okay. Wow. Yes. So how many hours do they work? Uh, usually, uh, they start appearing around six p.m. And uh, if we've been partying, I sometimes arrive back home and. Uh, instead of going <laughs> directly to to bed, the bed, maybe I watch something on on YouTube or something, and you can still see them until eight a.m. next day wow. or a bit more. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So well, that's, then I know who needs the pills. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of like I've been living there for three years, and these are like a regular, so I kind of know like, oh my god, this girl, yes, I do. Uh, this has been here since yesterday at 6 p.m. or something. So you wow. you walk back the street like, hey, what's up? What's going on? Oh, no, but sometimes I pass by and it's like, hey, hi. Oh, are you like, guys, like, do you guys recognize each other? <laughs> yeah, I mean, three years we've been there. Some, sometimes, so like, all the time. That's right, yeah. just, just pass by. It's like a... It's on the first floor. So whoever <laughs> he friends. sees, he sees. No, I'm, I'm, them, I yeah. have a balcony on the first floor. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I pass, I smoke quite a little bit. So yeah, pass some time on the balcony. And, and then they uh, look up and... Hey, right. yo. But anyway, <laughs> I, I like to just um, go to this food court uh, downstairs. So it's the same thing that I could say hi to the guy in the food court. Yeah. You know, I, I see course. him like, like uh, for three years, I've seen him so many times. Mm. Or the guy in the store downstairs that is selling the mobile phones. Okay, like, hey, uh, how's the night? So <laughs> it's like kind of like um, a different type of business. As long as they are not um, forced to something, Okay. Let them live their life. Um, but yeah, I mean, for context, folks, um, streetwalkers in Singapore are technically illegal. Um, not technically, yeah, they're literally they're illegal. Literally Ill um, illegal, yes. Uh, what what is uh, allowed is the houses. Yes, yes. Correct. So you have the 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 lorongs, which have the brothels, which are called fish tanks. Fish tanks. Yeah, because they have uh, glass panes. So <laughs> Better not be the smell. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Smells fishy. <laughs> Voila. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
the fish, the fish, the fish tanks, you know, purely, you know, from how it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you, you usually you cannot know? see. You usually cannot see inside. Yeah, so, like, so you have to walk into these houses. Mm-hmm. So these this are like old shop houses, and they have like red lanterns, so it signifies mm-hmm. that this is like a whorehouse. So you walk inside, yeah, and then you get to see, you know, uh, women sitting behind this glass pane. You take your pick. Do you just usually don't see any woman? From outside, yeah. From the outside, you don't. They well, you see some guys way. that yeah. those are the ones yeah. that attract you. Yeah. So you're like, uh, hey, do you want to have some girl? Yeah. So it's like you can you can walk down the street and you can. Like, you don't see any girl, but they kind there. of discourage you from doing that. So yeah. a lot of people are like kind of shoot away if they try to take pictures. Yeah. In yeah, those yeah, 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 yeah. So those are kind of um, regulated in a way. So mm-hmm. all of the sex workers working in those houses, they have apparently a yellow card, which. Um, you know, entitles them to sex work in Singapore, which is actually a great thing. Because personally, I believe that prostitution should be legalized mm-hmm. simply because... Um, they need protection. Yes. And yeah. exploitation happens a lot in mm-hmm. this industry. So legalization is just kind of is a step in the right direction. So a lot of the sex workers, they have this yellow card um, and, you know, they have to check themselves every month. Um, and, you know, so if you are in for... If you want to go for those four houses, you can be assured to have safe sex. Um, but can I ask a question? When I moved to Singapore, I uh, to to Geelong, I had um, a lot of people telling me I think twenty four Lorong twenty four plus, and I think I told you the same because that's where it's not going to be so noisy. I had friends that lived in like eighteen and twenty and twenty two, and no one really was too bothered by the activities going down there. But the issue was more that it's really noisy, like smashing oh. glasses, uh, dogs barking, and stuff like this. Is that something that you? That you have? Uh, it's noisy. Well, the first thing that is noisy is the road itself. Yeah. That's the first noisy thing. <laughs> because it's a kind of like a very, uh, there's a lot of traffic on that uh, road. And uh, I mean, you know, people, when they drive, when the traffic like opens, it's just, wow, they go fast. So that's the most, that's the most uh, noisy thing that I can hear. Not then, so much the happening. There is some happening sometime, but it's not as common as uh, the traffic is just uh, like background noise continuously. <clears throat> uh, sometimes there are things, yeah, there are some uh, people just uh, talking loud, even if they are not angry. There is people that just get angry. Uh, they can be young, old. Uh, I remember like uh, even uh, this year, during Chinese New Year, uh, there was a fight by like uh, two 70-year-old men over some, uh, really, some playing cards. I, I passed by so uh, in my way to supermarket. I saw them there. They were drinking and playing cards, and like they were talking loud. And then uh, when I go back, I see them like uh, one was fighting the other. Like, <laughs> 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 oh my God, you guys are not already. Chinese men? Is that the guy yes. that then <laughs> went into the store and actually bought a saw to cut the guy? A what? Wait, what? I, that was a few <laughs> months back, and I think it was two older people. Oh, yeah, maybe, and I don't know. went back to the store. Oh, no. Wait, no, no, I think that this was the dude different anyway. Like, but decided to go <laughs> to the <laughs> supermarket, and he's like, oh, my gosh, let me just <laughs> take the time to buy yes. a saw. <laughs> he told the other guy, just give me two minutes. <laughs> give me the advantages of these two saws. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's a little absurd, yeah. There are fights, there are fights, but sometimes it's just, uh, I don't know, man. What? It was happening, though. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, the problem with um, Galen is that uh, fights are very, very, like, so off. Very drunk. No, no, so off. <laughs> In any other city, fights could happen all the time. In a neighborhood <laughs> like this. Uh, way, 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 way more, more. Here it just happens. Every time that it happens, there is two guys fighting and 250 people looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> then the six yeah, you're right. police cars come. <laughs> <laughs> they ask like, what happened. They start interrogating. The thing lasts basically two, three hours. Meanwhile, they try to remove the people that is like watching. More people comes. <laughs> the traffic stops. The next day, it appears on the newspapers. <laughs> so things that would happen. Uh, okay, two guys fight. Bye. Boom. <laughs> Goodbye. Tomorrow. Uh, in Singapore, it just gets out of proportion so fast. Well, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> like, it's not often that you see 
an actual physical <clears throat> altercation here in Singapore, right? I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing yeah. is, they are not I, too I serious. Well, I, mean, I kind of like it, right? Because it's like, so when you go to a bar, you can be assured that no matter what happens, you will not, you know, go back home with a black eye. Yeah, you know, yeah I think yeah, that's, yeah. that's such a it's it's such a relief for me, you know, to, that I can go out <laughs> yeah, and not yeah, have to yeah. deal with that. Yeah, but the fights like you, the, the ones that you see aren't like that bad, right? Uh, when I mean I've that, it's some... not like serious ones where like someone dies. Uh, no, I haven't seen anyone die. Yeah, <laughs> I mean God. that's what I'm trying to say. Like, even though these happens, uh, this these things happen, but like yeah. they're not on a super serious level. It's just that because we don't have much news to cover. Yeah, exactly. We just cover so any the, fight that happens. I think that all these things get um, out of proportion because of yeah. that. There is not there, there are not that many news. So every time there is one fight, that is in the news and it's sensational, and everyone is talking about it yeah. and thinking that it's way bigger than it's actually happening in 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 comparison with other cities of this size. Yeah. Uh, I'm we, we have to put that in, in the newsroom. They'd be like, Do we, we don't have anything. Anything happening in Gala? <laughs> yeah, can you fight, guys? All people fighting over their coffee. Anything <laughs> happening now? That was over playing cards, really, during, during Chinese New Year. We got news on Gala right now. <laughs> Where do you get your Geelong news? You <laughs> mentioned that you were... I don't know. It comes up at Facebook or whatever. Right, just okay. stuff that... Yeah. Great <laughs> just, news. Yes. Just All search on Google. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great story. Wow. Okay, okay. The most... The craziest. Um, okay, I was uh, telling Rindo about this time. I was uh, at home in the balcony. Uh, I wanted to go out, out to, to the balcony. I think I, I didn't go out that night or just arrived. That was uh, surprising. And um, go out to have a cigarette, open the curtains and see basically 200 people looking at me. <laughs> so I was a bit... I put my shirt quite fast, <laughs> yes, in case it was that. <laughs> then I was like uh, making some gestures, like what? <laughs> so the um, supposedly there was um, some uh, couple problems in the um, floor, just in uh, on top of me, and like some. Uh, okay, the descriptions that we're saying that's that the girl wanted to jump. I don't know. I went downstairs, uh, opened the police because you need a fingerprint uh, to open my place. So yeah, okay, yes, yeah, I'll go there. And uh, I don't know, the police just uh, fixed whatever. Nothing happened in the end. That's one crazy story. There are some times some guys that get a little bit too drunk and start uh, going there in the middle of the street, trying to stop the cars or maybe kick them. <laughs> the cars try to kick them back <laughs> the cars try to avoid <laughs> so, yes uh yeah the funny thing is that then this guy tried to kick one taxi and then uh, when it stopped it tried to get the taxi oh, like, so what was that how they fly taxi <laughs> yes <laughs> can't use my hands to flex so i will kick it anyway yeah there's basically just uh, a guy goes back to the walk path lays down there <laughs> for a while police cams like six police cars so. there's always so many <laughs> right six police cars so funny six police cars for one guy yes <laughs> yes for one guy that is basically sleeping on the walk path wait so this guy he kicked the taxi no, no, and then no. he decided to this sleep this is on. a different guy he, he, oh different guy no no okay. no actually the same, same. He, tried, he tried to get a taxi the taxi said no <laughs> what why <laughs> <laughs> the taxi got a bit uh, like pissed off okay. went there <laughs> back to the walk path he's like okay I'm going to sleep there <laughs> in this case okay no okay. problem I live here now I uh, know there's other um, crazy stories but they're just like uh, even like crazy conversations that just happen I like to go downstairs uh, this uh, the bar that uh, you know like this serious cheers where everybody knows you mm. I know that um, I'm always going to be the Ammo there anyway but uh, yeah they know me and uh, I know quite a lot of people that is regulars there this uh, this night I remember this there was this uh, <clears throat> old uh, Singaporean guy uh, all complete uh, with a lot of tattoos and uh, the story was getting crazier and crazier he was uh, just telling like uh, how, so he was working like uh, Yakuza in Japan he was part of the mafia in Singapore he stabbed one policeman in Singapore he served 20 years in prison he had 8 million of dollars in the bank because he was smuggling people into the states damn 
So yeah, conversation was getting crazy. <laughs> crazy. It's global. He was wow. uh, he was inviting to all the beers. I was just like, okay, I don't know how to take this. This is a quite interesting story, at least. Wow. Okay. And uh, I mean, he's is, is he out of the that gangster life? Uh, well, I don't know. He was like seventy. Okay. At this point, so yeah, I suppose so. After twenty years in prison, I suppose so. You don't choose the gangster life. Choose you. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, my time in Geelang, at least in Geelang Sarai, has been very peaceful. I get more positive experiences than anything else. Um, usually the negative stories I hear, it, I mean- From Shankar. Yeah, from Shankar. <laughs> I mean, those uh, are just well, stories. The, the point is that I have never um, got involved um, yeah. li literally <laughs> in this thing, in any yeah. way. So. Oh, just yeah. a disclaimer, okay, all right. Judged. It's some things that you see, it's like I kind see. of- uh, not in, I'm not involved. <laughs> it's kind of like when you go to Sintos and you see things, right? <laughs> so you go here. Sightseeing. <laughs> it's like sightseeing. Yeah, but- This but, happens. But for me, the experiences I have are all usually in Geelang Sarai area. If not, like I will come to Geelang for food, um, to this this part of Geelang for food. But um, at Geelang Sarai, usually like when there's um, like a crowd, it's because of like the Geelang Sarai Bazaar, like we yeah. have every Hari Raya. Yeah. So it gets really crowded. You have um, all this food, this festival vibe. It's, it's really nice to see people coming from everywhere around the island just for the bazaar. Yeah. Um, finally, it gives um, Gelang Sarai like the great impression that people have. So every Hari Raya, um, people will say like, oh, let's go to the Gelang Bazaar. Yeah. And I love going there because it's yeah. like, uh, uh, during the bazaar time, it's like you just go down there and there's all sorts of like food that's available and it's fantastic. Yep. And it's not just food, right? You have all these you know games that you play. And yep. I think there's a very festive, you know, carnival spirit that goes on. Yeah, uh, and it, it paints Geelang in a different light. All, all the family as well. Yeah, it, it's such a family place. It's, it's a yeah. place where you gather and you, you don't talk about like the negative part about Geelang. So for once, like the yeah. red light district area is forgotten. Yeah. So when you mention like I'm going to Geelang during the Hari Raya period, people know that you're going there for the bazaar. Yeah. Yeah, so that part um, still stands out for me. Um, yeah. if I've stayed there for a really long time and I've seen how like the Geelang Bazaar's evolved over time. Of course, it gets less traditional. It's a lot more modern with like funky fusion food. But still the positive thing, it's still there. It's, um, yeah, and the, the vibe is still there. I, I still love being around at that area because I can literally just walk to the bazaar. So for me, every year is one thing that I always look forward to. It's a really lovely neighborhood. I really <laughs> love being here. I've, I I can not count on both my hands the amount of people I can walk to. That's how close my friends are um, here. That is great. Or just get in a cab and make it a little bit more down east and all that. Mm -hmm. um, so I, 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 I think... I think it's just a it's a great place to grow up <laughs> i didn't even grow up here but i really like Geelong for that it is, it is and um I, I think it still is i see people from all over i mean yes sometimes when i go to the food court you still get this oh you know how to use an asian spoon like yeah goddamn it i'm 30 years yeah. old you know what i mean wow you, you, but i get that wherever i would go yep. and then i would tell people i live here for more than five years so um i think that's that's everywhere um i only have that when I'm in my condo and I, I often go on Saturdays in the morning to go um, swimming and tanning. And um, there's this, this our, I don't know, property manager, I don't know what you call it. And he would come and he um, always thinks I'm the other white girl. So there's this other white girl um, that lives in the condo. And every time he talks to me, we're taking, we're, we're, we're continuing a conversation that I didn't have. <laughs> hey, <laughs> so Lauren, so what's like, up? Um, white, white girls all look the same. I, I know, we do. That's just I what didn't say it. I'm, I'm just always like, yeah, yeah, sure. And he's like, did you go home last week? And I'm like, <laughs> what? Uh, no, I'm going next week. And he's super surprised, but it's actually the reality. I'm going next week. So, and the other girl is like, well, who the fuck is this other white girl? <laughs> <laughs> I think we met one. So we were just smiling at each other and said hi and I felt we uh, both were like you're that other conversation right you, you hold the other part you need that, to synchronize a bit yeah. <laughs> what are we going to say next time you guys number. need to speak to yeah. that, that person like 
at the same time <laughs> and make him realize. That would blow his fucking mind. He's like, what? Like, oh. <laughs> Cannot compute. <laughs> um, but still, it's very sweet, right? He's always very eager to have a conversation and ask where I'm from. I don't know where the other one is from. It must blow his mind that, you know, we come from different countries. Um, but yeah, I, I really have mainly really good. If I think of anything memorable or great memories, it's all fun stuff for friends. Um, hmm. it's, it's mainly that. And, and even those little dodgy moments, every time I go to the, to that little food street down downstairs and these guys are exchanging whatever illegal <laughs> shit they're exchanging. I'm just, I like it. It's, it's, it has a little bit of soul to it. It doesn't feel so clean. I, I like, I like my neighborhood. Like so it's, it's buying it's cigarettes really, or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. It's probably stuff like this. I still have to figure out if, if it's something else. <laughs> I think it's living with that fact that these things do happen, but yeah. a lot of Singaporeans just, you know, when they live their life, they don't really see that part. Yeah. They're not exposed to it. Yeah. They're not exposed to it. So to them, like anything that's that is, you know, is bad. But for us, when we see it happening so often, we just, we just live our life. Yeah, it doesn't affect hey, us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's kind yeah. of like part of. Yeah, it's not like <laughs> someone is stabbing another person in yeah. front of you. That kind of bad. It's just all this small illegal stuff that and you can ignore. And happen to you. You yeah. all this happens next to you. Exactly. But Geelong offers everything. Like it's a yeah. great location to go anywhere to. We have good food. A lot of friends here. Great apartments. I'm just gonna say it. I have a lot of people that I make move here. Like you, I recommended Rindo to yeah. live yeah. here yeah. because I think they have great apartment for good prices and a great location very, location, very good like location that. yeah exactly that i didn't find like this if i were to be at lavender or anywhere else i would pay much more for anything like that Geelong is just fucking fantastic like i love food <laughs> and you know i just walk down the street and there's like um awesome food places here in Geelong. like right down the street there's the ban mian place have you tried that out jasmine um yes sir it's just fantastic um if you walk down the street there's um like there's this eminent frog porridge place mm-hmm. that I really love. Um, it's slightly pricey, but I, I love frog porridge, so that's really good. Uh, and like everything in general, just walk down everything. any place, it's just yeah. glorious. I actually that just reminds me of my first Geelong experience that I wasn't aware that I was having. Um, I was 22 years old, 21 years old ish. It came here the first time. I was an intern, and I had, um, excuse me, I had this. This colleague of mine who was German as well, lived in Singapore for the past 10 plus years, PR, all his friends were locals. And I said, I need a Singaporean experience. My first time in Asia, <laughs> give me a Singaporean slash Asian experience. So he took me to um, to Geelong and we had frog porridge mm-hmm. that first. Then later we went for karaoke and then back to Geelong. Um, karaoke, I think, was in Chinatown, and then back to Geelong for uh, Thai disco. Okay. <laughs> a dodgy ass Thai disco. I was definitely the only woman who was not the only woman who was not working in this establishment. Um, super confused. The girls on the stage. We had like a cowgirl, a secretary, a nurse. Like, like what? What is happening? Cop, how? How this works? All these, all these Thai the girls. The Thai version of YMCA, you know. It's that's yeah. that's yeah. what it was. They were all dancing and 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 kind of singing, and then they would like had these Hawaiian flower chains <laughs> yeah. that were put around people's necks the guys were shit wasted we were on our i don't know how many towers and i was just like can someone explain to me what is going on and, and why here. would they put like the the flowers over their heads and stuff like this i thought it was crazy confusing it was a really amazing night of being thrown into a culture that i was so new to because mm. i only spent my first weeks in singapore and um just to say that in this Asian slash Singaporean night that was offered to me by my friends, um, they chose out of three locations, three locations twice, uh, Gay Lang. Have, have you been to Thai discos before, right? Oh man, yes. Yeah. So when people here go to those places, like they receive attention from some pretty girls mm-hmm. that maybe they don't receive attention, I don't know, in a regular setting. So maybe in real life, let's in real, face in it. Real, yeah. In a real <laughs> setting, is, yeah. And I mean, it kind of, yeah. This, this yeah like but, but, so people get really hooked into it because yeah. this is like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like receiving, wow. re- yeah, receiving attention. Uh, sometimes I find it uh, quite um, w- w- why because of these people are giving their like 100 and more. Uh, then the girl goes there and drinks your beer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and then they leave. Shago <laughs> doesn't fuck with that. Did you just drink so, my beer? I'm out. So, sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. What's Love the, it. What's the point? To be fair, like, I, I, I sympathize, you know, because it's like uh, if somebody's super nice to me, it's like, oh man, you know, I just want to hang out with this person. You want to tell your story? 
Did you tell that story in no, your podcast? No, I have actually. It's time. This is such a podcast about prostitution somehow. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I would what like fun. to hear it's the beautiful fun. story of Rindo becoming a close friend of a prostitute. <laughs> what? what? So this was like my first time in Orchard Towers. Mm, yeah. So it was maybe like 2014 or something. I was two years in Singapore at the time. And uh, this was after a work party. You know, we end up at Orchard Towers. I'm hanging out. You know, my colleagues, they're... You know, this is like the first time you know, going outside without their family. So they're like, this is the time of their lives, you know. <laughs> and I was just hanging out there. And then I ended up talking to this girls right next to me. And, uh, you know, so we start chatting and all that. And then uh, the conversation gets very interesting. Like, I know it's as cliched as fuck, but <laughs> it was actually a pretty interesting conversation. So we're like, oh, okay, it's going on. That's all good. And like towards the end of the night, you know, I think, uh, you know, the conversation got so engaging. And then we started like, hanging out. We started like you know, having a lot more drinks and all that stuff. And then it got to the point where I was like, oh, fuck, wait, wait, is this happening? Is this happening? Because um, <laughs> I was getting signs that, you know, yo, she was down to maybe move mm, the party somewhere happened. else. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit. Well, I'm this the is... man tonight. I <laughs> I got like, it. What's oh. going on? This has never happened before. But, yo, <laughs> clearly I'm nailing this. Um, so... <laughs> Clearly. Um, so, you know, so we're, we're, we're drinking and all that. And then it gets to a point where she goes, yo, let's, you know, how about, you know, we get out of here. And I was like, fuck, yeah. Wow. And then um, I decided to, you know, just go to the toilet, you know, just yeah. clean my shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I walk to the toilet, I trip and I fall and I start puking all over oh, my Oh, my. Wow. And... Uh, but I'm like, fuck, no, but this is go winning for me. You know, like, I'm clearly getting some tonight. <laughs> I trip, I fall, and I puke. Like, what scene like, is that? So there's, there's all this crap in my wow. shirt and all that. And I'm like, but I can't, I can, you know, I, I don't want to give up at this point, right? So I go inside the toilet. Um, I take my shirt off, and I say, there's nothing else that I could do. So I take my shirt off, and I, I just dunk it into the toilet. Oh, my. And I start, like, washing it. You know, just to, oh, my. Okay, at this point, I was, like, very, very drunk. But at the same time, yeah, like, can was, imagine. you know, my, my second brain was talking. You know, so I, I start dunking this shirt. There was only the toilet. There was not, nothing else to, to wash. Yeah, but then you know, I put my shirt back on. But then I was like, you know, soaked. I was drunk. I got to the toilet. You know, I still stunk. And I was like, yeah, fuck this shit. You know, I, I can't deal with this. So I walk out and I decide to you know, call it a night. And I go back to the girl, thinking that you know I should tell her that you know I should go. I don't mm-hmm. well, know that. And she's disappeared. And mm-hmm. then I see her like you know with someone else. And I was like, uh, okay. well. Okay. And I go back home, and uh, then you, I. T- <laughs> you were really close, didn't you? Like, didn't she show you like pictures of her daughter and stuff? Like yeah. That? So this it, is it was an intense. Yeah, it, it was a it was a really really great moment, you know. So it was like she was just talking about her family, and then you know, she was showing you know her, her life back home. Yeah. Um, see, now that I think about it, I don't remember. It was either Ukraine or I'm not sure which country. Which oh, country Ukraine. But, yeah. From what I remember. Yeah. And then, you know, she's showing her family, like she was showing her daughter, she was showing her her dog, and it was like, oh, you know, wow. clearly, clearly, you know. There's a connection, there's a connection, here. connection. <laughs> yeah, I know the dog already. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, managed to bail out of that. I mean, not managed to, I bailed out because, you know, I think that's, uh, this, She would have asked you to pay at the end of the night. What yeah. would you have yeah. done? Yeah, but the thing was, then when I checked my credit card statement the next day, like, boom, 500 oh, bucks. The beer. Yeah. And, was expensive one yeah and that was the thing right like um, uh-huh. I, I do recall that we just had a couple of beers and all that but yeah it was just, her beer yeah. was an expensive one ladies drink yeah and I was like well <laughs> fuck <laughs> but I love oh, well. that when you told me the story you were like so innocent like oh we really connected she showed me all yeah, these well, pictures uh, and all that stuff I'm like girl <laughs> that is find everything off Singapore in Geelong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have all the great food, you have all the different um, types of people, races, yeah. where they come from. You have your red light district and your dodgy with the Ferrari with, with the Ferraris on the door. Exactly. You have the fancy ass <laughs> condos and all the expensive shit like in PLQ and I'll see a lot of business stuff popping up too, which is right around the corner. Um, so Geelong's like a mini reflection of singapore with the big part of history which is yeah. awesome mm-hmm. it is it yeah. is actually funny enough i just did a few weeks ago um shout out to yente who's moving here in january um someone who i used to work with in europe um, from the belgium office and she asked me and i immediately said you moved down here um for so for someone in my age uh, probably looking for something very similar i 
make it very much about the location. Hey, this is a great place where you're not too far off from where you're going to work and where you're going to party. But at the same time, you have your neighborhood feeling. Um, I think that's what I usually say. Because I, I, I like, I prefer living in a neighborhood and yeah. not just, yeah, I agree. you know, Mostly, and I yeah. think an orchard or something like just, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, mostly the, the same thing. Uh, it could be like very neighborhood. It's uh, maybe similar to you chat as well in some uh, aspects. It's not as sanitized like, an, uh, like some condos in the middle of nothing. Uh, you have everything here. You have uh, nice food. Location is uh, very nice. Um, if you live or work in the CBD, it's just perfect. Yeah, you live in Singapore. It's not like you live somewhere in a fancy ass condo. Yeah. Um, Novena has these very expat yes. areas, for example, where you kind of forget that you're in Singapore because you get everything catered to your expat life. Yeah, yeah. and um, that's the people that uh, later on they say, oh, but Singapore is so boring. Yeah, man, what exactly. the hell? <laughs> you're, you're isolated of everything. You're that, just with your simple. What you chose. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want? Yeah. They're not experiencing the, anything here. And that's it for now, folks. There's lots more to talk about Geelong, but for now, let's leave it at that. And you can definitely look forward to more stories and episodes, so stay tuned. Don't forget to subscribe to Living It Up in Lion City on your favorite podcast app and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you like, you can rate the podcast and review it on Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think about it. And so, until the next episode, my name is Rindo, and you are listening to Living It Up in Lion City.